Welcome to Modified Youth Sunday. Let's worship the Lord today.
that as they give the message tonight and that we would truly listen and not just sit there and be like, yeah, yeah, another youth Sunday, you know. But I just ask that you would bless Winter 24 too and that kids would see your love for them and that we can help bring you more people and that they would sh- that we would show the love of Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Morning. And wasn't that awesome? Or was it just me? Uh, so I can't be the only one feeling what I'm feeling right now. It has to be, there has to be some more people in this room. So before I speak, I have a student who's coming up here. Her name is Michaela Easley. And I am so proud of this young lady. Um, she is a gifted speaker. And God has given her the ability just to make people feel comfortable. Um, the way she treats people and the way she loves people, we have a lot to learn from. So, Michaela? so much more nervous this time. We were coming up to the front to dance, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, this is a little nerve-wracking. And then I realized, oh, I'm going to be up in front of everybody on stage. So that's, that's lovely. But I would really like to just, uh, it is great. It's great. Um, and I just, I want to open up with, you know, being thankful for this opportunity. I am so glad that we have these Modified Youth Sundays. I don't think I can really put into words how much it means to me and how much it has changed my life. Uh, It was a big thing that got me into this church. I was in the youth group, and then they're like, hey, we have these Modified Youth Sundays, and you can speak. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) that's nerve-wracking, but I want to do it because I want to be able to spread what God has laid on my heart. And just being a part of modified youth is so, it's just, I I can't think of another word right now other than good to be, to be taught and for Jake and Hannah and Cindy and all of our volunteers, Dylan, Audrey, to take the time to speak life into me and into my, my hard situations and in the good times is so, so calming in a way to be able to have that fellowship and to not be judged by my age or by my gender. I am seen as who Christ sees me as and I am treated as, as somebody of importance and somebody that has value and somebody that um, can be given the opportunity to speak like this And I am so thankful for that. So if I could just get a round of applause for all the people that work so hard on our modified youth. It is such a a devoted youth group. I have not witnessed anything like it before, and I am just so thankful. So thank you for letting me brag about them for a little bit. And uh, I want to remind everybody, I love you all so much. And uh, I have no intention with uh, hurting anybody with my words. I come, I come with love. 
you know, and I'm just a little nervous right now. So an example I wanted to give is, and I don't know how to say this the right way, but did anybody see the, the Super Bowl ad by He Gets Us? Did anybody see it? Anybody watch it? I watched it. And I thought it was really moving. And for any of you who haven't seen it, to give a little snippet of what it was, it was talking about how Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. And then it showed situations of other people washing the feet of others. Uh, to give an example, the two that really touched my heart was one, it was in front of a, I'm pretty sure it was in front of a Planned Parenthood clinic. And you have a woman that is fighting for pro-choice and you have a woman that you can assume is fighting for pro-life and she is washing the feet of this other woman. And there was another situation which is being in high school touched me. I could relate to it a lot because it showed it was a high school setting and you could see a girl and she didn't look like everybody else. She had short dyed hair, it was hot pink. And then there was another girl and she was the more stereotypical standard of what Christians should look like. She had blonde hair, she was dressed very nice and she was washing the feet of this other girl. And I remember it breaking my heart because I remember seeing videos and people were saying, that's not my Jesus. Jesus wouldn't stand for things like this. And I hate to break it to you, but he does. And he does it with love. Because there is such a big difference between changing your scriptures and your morals for somebody and allowing scriptures to change people. Because if there is one thing that I have been taught through my salvation through Christ, it is that I am loved. And I am loved beyond measure. And that we are all loved beyond measure. And if you would look at this ad in a way of not for non-Christians, but for us. Because the question is, are you willing to be judged by association? Are you willing to go out and love the unloved? To see the unseen, even if it means you are judged unfairly. And you are seen as unclean even though you know who your God is and you just want to go out and you want to reach out and you want to love the people that are not shown it. No matter how they look or behave, no matter what they say to you, no matter what they say about our God, because we know who our God is. Do you know the God that you serve? Do you understand the power that he has, do you understand the power that is in the blood of Christ and something that we can share with everybody? The verse I have today, it comes from the Gospels. And I think, I hope, I hope that most of you know it. While we were all sinners, Christ died for us. While we were dead to sin, Christ died for us. And he took that off of our backs and he brought it upon himself so that he could close the gap between us and God. And we were given that salvation. And for those of you who don't know, I am so happy to tell you. And I'm glad you are here to hear this good news. And I hope anybody watching at home is able to hear this good news. And so what I am bringing to you today is for us to close the gap with other people. No matter their political stance or sexual orientation, no matter their gender or race, it is important for us to love them to show kindness to them, to welcome them, because this church is a hospital. And yes, we all need checkups, 
We all need to keep in good health and keep in a good relationship with God. But this is also a sanctuary for the hurting and for the lost. And for many of us, it can be scary to reach out to these people because I have friends and they have changed their ways and no, they don't longer agree with me. But I want to love them. Not because I think what they're doing is wrong, but because I love them. There is such a big difference between sharing the gospel with somebody because you think they're wrong and you think they're dirty and doing it because you love them. Because the one thing that we all have in common is that Christ died for all of us. No matter our age or our sex, no matter the sins and past transgressions that we have committed, but by his blood we are made clean. And I want you all to know that this is not something we have to be scared of to preach to other people. Well, not just preach, but just to show kindness. Just to show love to others. Something as simple as knowing someone's name and making them feel seen is something that can change a whole life. Can anybody remember what it was like before they found their faith? Because I can. And I remember feeling completely separated from the church. I remember feeling like everybody that went to church was better than me. And I couldn't be connected with them because I was too dirty. What I want you guys to think of today is how to reach and make a connection with other people that also feel that way. I don't want anyone to think that I would hate them or I would think ill of them because they are different from me. I want to see addicts in church and alcoholics. Amen. I want to see people that suffer from gender dysphoria and people that love the same gender. I want to see all of them here. Because I know who my God is that I serve. And I know how loved they are. And I know it can be scary. But I want you to know that your faith in Jesus and your relationship with Jesus will not be changed by loving other people. Because we stand on the firm foundation of God's word. And I don't want anyone to feel discouraged to reach out a helping hand to those that are deemed as different because I want everybody to feel welcomed here and in every church across the nation. I think that would be such a beautiful thing because that is what Jesus did. Jesus went to those that were deemed unclean. They were deemed unworthy of his loves by the rabbis and the higher-ups. Before the question has been asked, would you be sitting at the tables that Jesus flipped? What I ask you is are you a part of the group of people that thought Jesus was wrong? because he showed love to those who were deemed unclean. And if there was any part of that that stuck with you, I encourage you to go to somebody that you trust and have a conversation about it. Because I want everyone to have a heart full of peace and full of love for others, because that is the best way we can share the gospel and we can change lives and we can make the kingdom of heaven even bigger because I want it to be full of all kinds of people, because we can win those people over to the kingdom of heaven and people don't have to hurt. It sounds crazy, but to truly have compassion for others and to truly care about your brother and sister in Christ is something that is so important. And I just thought it would be good <laughs> to remind everyone of that. Thank you for allowing me to speak. I've probably gone on too long, Jake, I am so sorry. But thank you all so much for your time.
Man, I gotta start letting her go, like, after me. Um, I don't need to follow that anymore. I've had to do that a couple times, and it's not, not real pleasing for me. Uh, she speaks so eloquently, and she has the ability to make you connect with stuff. So, we're going to be in Romans 5 today. Um, I forgot to put what version of the Bible I used in my slides, because I normally don't in youth, but I'm, I preach out of the ESV, so if you guys are curious about that. But my title today is called Felis Culpa. That might be a word some of you might know, some of you might not know. But I first heard this word when I was in high school. So there used to be a music venue in Mount Vernon called The Living Room, and I was kind of one of those music rats that was like always at the venue. If there was a show, I was there. But there was a band from Rockford that would come down every six months or so, and they were like this big deal for some reason. But they were called the Felix Culpa. And ever since then, I got fascinated with this name. Because I just thought it was weird, because, you know, back in the day, everyone's name was, you know, I wrestle a bear and attack, attack, and... You know, like my band I played in was Hope for the Dying. And all these crazy names, but there's this band with this interesting name that I've never heard called the Felix Culpa. So as I got older, I noticed this word keep appearing. And as I got older, I also got more curious, especially when it comes to scripture and theological terms and understanding, not just reading this book, but understanding this book. They're two different things. Is we can read this all day long and not understand it. So it was something I really was passionate about being a dyslexic man who people was like, you can't read that book. It's too complicated for you to read. But I fought against it for a decade before I can understand this book. But this word is very important. This word is Latin for the fortunate fall or the joyous fall. Or it translates to a bunch of different words that mean basically happy fall. It sounds kind of weird. But the fortunate fall is the transition from the fall of man with Adam to Jesus. That is the fortunate fall. There was a fall, but there was something in between that that was special. And the thing that was truly special was that the blessings that God proclaimed for us, that is what's important. Yes, there was a fall. Yes, there was sin came into the world. But at the same time, Jesus proclaimed us. He blesses us. He made us one with God. And it's because of this moment, we can commune with God. There's so much to this. But we're going to be in Romans 5, uh, um, 12 through, sorry, my voice cracked, uh, 12 through 21. And um, like I just said a few minutes ago, I'm not the best at reading, so if you guys are new for me being up here, my wife, Hannah, reads the scriptures for me, so if I sound like a pretty lady, it's not me, it's her. So, um, Hannah, would you mind reading 12 through 14 for me, please? Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. 
So that one man's sin was Adam, and through Adam's sin and death came through him. As we see in Scripture, everything's good, but as soon as the fruit was eaten, things changed. Sin came into the world, and the thing is, the first things we see is Adam sinning by nature became guilt and became guilty and compromised. And so that passed on to his children, as we will see here in a minute. So the thing is, we live in a fallen world, correct? We do. We would all want to see a lovely, happy, joyous world, right? Why don't we? Sin. And part of it's because we live in it. Part of it's because we live in the world. We are part of the fallen. When sin came into the world, we all still sin. That's part of it. Part is the problem is us, but the thing is we still try to fix it with Jesus. But as we see in Genesis 3 and 4, um, we see this story start to take place where the serpent goes to Eve and is like, hey, you should eat this fruit. You know, they have to remember, they're in a garden. Everything they could ever want was in this garden. They named the animals, they named the plants, but there was one thing they were not supposed to touch. Trust me, I have two four-year-olds. I go, honey, don't touch that. What's the first thing they do? They touch it. But we do exactly the same thing. Every one of us. At least I do. My wife goes, Jake, don't do that. I'm like, I really want to do that now. That sounds like a great idea. You're going to hurt yourself. No, I won't. Honey, I need the ice pack. It happens every time. It's just our nature. It's just who we are. But the thing is, when Eve went, Adam, this fruit's delicious. Eat it too. And he eats it. That's when sin came into the world. It wasn't through Eve's sin. It was through Adam. Because he had a moment to ask for forgiveness in that moment. But instead, he joined in. But the thing is, when he took the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, what was the knowledge of good and evil? The knowledge of good and evil was taking the authority to do what is good into our own eyes. God has the authority. God knows what's good. God knows what's evil. But when we took that, we took the decision for ourselves. We took the decision to go, this is good, this is bad. As we see through world history, there's a lot of people that think they do good, but guess what they're doing? They're doing bad. It's just how it is. And there's a lot of people, it's just how the world works. But the thing is, if we see this happen between Genesis 3 to 4, this has always fascinated me. So the first thing we see is when Adam partakes of the fruit, he goes, I have no clothes on. It is cold and I am embarrassed. Shame. Shame is the first thing that happens. Who here has shame? I don't have much. When you're a youth pastor, you can't have much shame. <laughs> but 
It's just part of it. I have some. And somehow my kids have embarrassed me in public more than once. But it's always fascinated me from three to four through one chapter. We go from shame to murder instantaneously. That's what happens when we took the knowledge of what's good into our own eyes. It wasn't just one of those things where we went, okay, we can handle this. Lord, forgive us. We'll do it. Literally, they have Cain and Abel, and then Cain kills Abel within a chapter. There wasn't even a buildup. You know, there was no plot line. It was just like, shame, murder, done. That's what it was. It happened that fast. But that's just who we are. We just ramp up so fast because we think we know what's good. Our human selves, our non-spiritual selves, thinks what's, we think we know what's good. But in 13, as I was studying through this, verse 13, I sat there and I stared at it. And this is not a joke for at least four hours. Going, I don't understand this verse. Hannah, would you mind reading 13 for me one more time, please? For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. I was like, there was no sin when there was no law? And I was so confused by this passage. But the thing is, we see the law. But the first thing we see is what? Adam and Eve were never supposed to die. The first sin, the first punishment was death. That was the punishment, was death. From Adam to Moses, we see death. And yes, we look through Genesis, we see these things, we see people sacrificing, we see some of these traditional values that show up in Leviticus in Genesis. So it wasn't like in, in Leviticus this just started. But the thing is, the thing, my brother told me this. The law, yes, it was ordained from God to Moses, but guess what? It was their laws. That's what they were. These were their laws. There was spiritual context to it, but this is how they had to follow every day. For instance, who drove the speed limit on the way here today? You got one. You got a couple. If we go through Leviticus, if they broke their laws, some people lost fingers. Some people, we see all these things happen. All the way to death could be the punishment. But for us, you know, a cop pulls us over and goes, why were you driving fast? And I you go, I don't know. Uh, I wasn't driving fast. Um, not saying this from personal experience. But, um, but the thing is, the law brought condemnation to the sin. It was able to take the law and go, okay, you did this. So this is what we have to do. It brought 
organization. It brought structure to their belief system. That's what Leviticus did. But the thing is, people read this and just go, so none of these people after Adam sinned? Yeah, they did. There was just no categories for it, like we have, through the writings of Moses. But the thing is, in 14, I've already said to talk about the first part, where death reigned from Adam to Moses. But then the, the, the second part of this, it says, Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. I've heard so many theologians speak of this Adam to Adam. And I was like, this makes no sense. Adam to Adam, Adam to Adam. I've never understood it until I read this scripture. It's not going to be up, up, up here, but it's... Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. It says, Thus it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So, when God created humanity, he created Adam. He created Eve. Humanity came from them. And sin came through him. But the last Adam... Became a life-giving spirit. What's this mean? This means just because Adam's fall and throughout the Old Testament we see death, we see pestilence, we see all these things happen, but the thing is, I'm sorry, youth, I don't know how many youth I've had tell me, I don't like reading the Old Testament. The Old Testament is beautiful. Do you know why? Because it is a story from the beginning to the end of Jesus coming. That is what is important. From Adam all the way to Matthew is a story of Jesus. But the thing is, if we're not willing to understand this, sometimes we miss it. But the thing is, Jesus came, and that's what's important. Hannah, will you read verse 15, please? But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. For death came through one man's trespasses, much more have the grace of of God and the free gift by the grace that one man, Jesus Christ. I was reading this, I was like, man, we're about to go into winter 24 so much more. This will work. I didn't do that on purpose, it just worked. Thing is, no matter, and this is the point of the Felix Culpa, the main point, is we see the fall of Adam, we see the fall of man, and we see what leads to that. But what's this saying? Yeah, death came from Adam. Sin came from Adam. That all came through them, but we have so much more with Jesus Christ. No matter what pain we are going through, no matter what is going on in our lives, we have Jesus Christ. 
Does that... I don't think a lot of us understand that, including myself. Much more have the grace of God. And that's the thing. That's the thing Jesus brought us. He brought us grace. I know I need grace every day. I know most of us in this room need grace every day. But way too often we're still worried about the sin of our past and our past transgressions. We worry about our sin nature and we forget when we ask Jesus with us, ask him into our lives, he washes us clean from that moment. So I don't know how many people I've seen come to Christ and they go, well, that moment was great. I feel God's spirit right now, but what about everything in my past, all the pain, all the, everything that I have going on? We, it's part of our nature to keep going back to our past. Instead of going, God is so much more than this. Jesus did so much for me and he is so much more than my pain. He is so much more than my suffering. He is so much more than my job. He is so much more than everything in my life. But way too often, we're just so consumed with who we are and not consumed with Jesus. I'm getting hot, I'm sorry. <laughs> Worship got me fired up today, I apologize. Um, but Hannah, will you, we're going to finish up the, the reading here. Hannah, will you read 16 through 21, please? And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many were, will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that, as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is a powerful piece of scripture. Is it just goes over the differences of what it's like without God and what it's like with God. So in 16 down, it just talks about, so before God is condemnation, with God is justification. Without God, it's death. Without God, with God, it's life. We still can live a life of condemnation or we can live a life of righteousness. We can live a life of disobedience or we can live a life of obedience. Because the law, the law came to increase the sin, but grace abounds all the more. 
and it bounds all the more. Hannah, will you reread 21, please? So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thing is, sin reigns through in death. The thing is, if we have God's grace, we don't have to worry about that. Death is just the path. It's just the next step. That's all it is. Because I don't know about you guys, but I would way prefer to live a life of obedience. Live a life of righteousness. Live a life of life. Because there's a lot of us out there that are alive, but they're not alive. There's a big difference. I know a lot of people that get up every day, go to work, go home, but there's no life in them. There's no excitement. There's no nothing. There's no joy. It's just going with the paces. It's just going through life. But with Jesus, there is so much more than that. So much more. Do I want to live a life of sin or do I want to live a life of grace? Because I thank God every day for that grace. The thing is, a lot of us look at, we read through Genesis and we see the fall. I want you guys to put yourselves in the position of Adam and Eve. This is one of those things where most of us would say, I wouldn't do that. But most of us would. Most of us would. We would partake of that fruit. We would see it and we would think it was good and we would partake. Because that's just how humanity is. We would like to put ourselves in these people's shoes and we would go, we wouldn't do that. But we would. And one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of David. The thing is about David, David was a man after God's own heart. But then we start reading the story of David and he breaks every commandment in a chapter. Murder, adultery, everything. All the big ones. Lied. Tricked. But the thing is, you know why he was a man after God's own heart? Because no matter when he made that mistake, he was still willing to go back to God. He went, I am a massive screw up. I need you right now. He was still willing to step forward and go, God, I need you. I know I've made the mistakes. If we read through the Psalms, we can see that. Is way too often we see 
that story of David, and we kind of glance over that section because we like to talk about how great he was. His mistake is what made him great. That's why it's there. Because it shows him going, I have fallen, but I'm still going to get back up and become stronger from that, from there. Can I have the worship team come back up, please? So I will say this. If you do not know who Jesus is, this is the day to figure out your relationship with him. It's time to stop waiting because there's so much more with him than without him. I can promise you that. And if anyone is going through anything, anything, come up here and leave it up here. I tell this to my youth all the time. When you come to the altar, let's leave it there and let's not keep picking it back up every week. And as we leave, we just need to remember God's grace is above all. It's above all. Well, I pray in a room of this many people, I know that there's stuff going on in people's lives. Struggles, pains, sadness. And some of those things might be keeping them from you fully. Be able to fully reach out and go, you are my Lord. Lord, I pray that today is the day where those things will break. I know your spirit's in this room and I know you're here to do big things today Lord we just thank you for everything you do in our lives in Jesus name I pray
serve an awesome God. I pray if something is working in your heart, I pray that that will just keep agging at you. I promise it will be the best day of your life when you finally reach out and say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. thank you so much for what you did in this service and what you will be doing over the next 24 hours as we have 84 youth in this building Lord I know you're going to do incredible things Lord I just pray that revealing yourself to anyone that needs to see you. Jesus, now I pray.